Hello, Hardies, and welcome to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. Hosted by Caroline, myself, Cammie, and Casey. Thanks to Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Now grab that paprika-filled shepherd's pie and sit back and relax. Here we go. Hello, Hardies. Welcome back. We are so excited to be with you today to talk about a very gripping episode, season one, episode three, A Telling Silence. This is another heavy one. Oh, (laughs) my heart, my heart. I I know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I might need a mop. (laughs) I'm telling you. Okay, but. Casey, before we do that, we do have some business to take care of first. Oh, yes. Lots of good stuff coming. (laughs) Lots of good things to chat about. All right. So first of all, first and foremost, we want to give a shout out to Edify Films that gives us this wonderful merchandise. Casey's got her shirt on. I've got my hat and you can get all kinds of stuff, mugs, Christmas ornaments, uh, tea towels, and especially right now you can pre-order those beautiful puzzles. What a project to be able to put together the Christmas puzzle together in time for Christmas. No kidding. Wouldn't that be fun? I know. Like, can you imagine just like having, setting up the Christmas tree and being with your family, putting all the little puzzles together? So hallmarky. I know, and I'm in my I'm in my own home now, and so you're getting me all goosebumpy because I can actually do stuff like that. <laughs> I think my children are a little young for a thousand piece puzzle, but it's a goal for future times. <laughs> your oldest daughter mind, she might yes. give you up your money. <laughs> yeah, no, she she would do it, but Jack would pull it apart instantly. Oh, so. for sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Probably better not. All right. So yes, thank you to Edify Films. Number two, we have, are you ready? Drum roll, please, Casey. We have over 600 subscribers combined. Yay! So between all areas uh between all areas where you can listen or watch podcasts whether it be youtube or spotify itunes all of that we have 600 subscribers so thank you thank you so much here is why that matters when we get to a thousand subscribers we're going to have another giveaway do i tell do i tell them what it is Hmm, maybe we should wait on that one, but it's a good one, you guys. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. So yeah, we'll we'll wait, but but it yeah, it's a biggie. Yes. It's a biggie. So tell so, your friends. <laughs> tell your friends, get us up to a thousand subscribers, and we will do that big giveaway, which is sponsored once again by Edify Films. We love you, Edify. We Thank love you, you so much. To start it off. It's, this is actually, uh, this is actually very, very profound. Um, It's what Kat says in her Sunday school lesson. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know why it never struck me like it did before. Maybe it's just because I was in different life circumstances, but 
listen to what she says. We've all known what it's like when it seems that our only light is the flicker of a candle in the heart of a shaft. But I believe that that candle is Providence guiding us through our own darkness in these past few months. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, that is so profound because when we think about when calls the heart, we think about love, we think mm -hmm. about community, we think about romance, you know, we think about callings, but we don't think of a heart of a shaft where it's the darkest. Mm -hmm. You know, right. And I just thought, holy mackerel. Right. <laughs> and talk about foreshadowing. Uh-huh. It's I mean, it's talking about it's it's talking about the past mm -hmm. when they're talking about the mind shaft. Right. But it is also big time foreshadowing. These two episodes, number three and number four. Oh my word, they mm -hmm. are so good. They are. At, at setting up and following up after each other. It oh, it's they, they one right after the other is just incredible how they do it. Yeah. yeah. And too, another thing I just realized cuz she talks about the shaft. Yeah. That is involved in this episode at the very end. Yeah. Like finding somebody who we'll get into later. <laughs> mm -hmm. But so much packed into that little line. Yeah. So much foreshadowing. It's well, brilliant. And it's, and it's the very first one in the show. So mm -hmm. go figure, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yes, Kat is teaching Sunday school in the woods because there's no church and the saloon's not exactly the best place to uh, worship God. <laughs> So Casey, what does Elizabeth call Jack? She calls him a heathen. <laughs> for? For being late to church. How dare he? I mean, that's that's pretty low. I mean, for, right. for, for 1910 to call somebody a heathen. I mean, it's not like she she's saying it lightly, but that's that's a pretty low insult. You, yeah, it'd be yeah. like he, he's probably doing his rounds, making sure everybody was okay. Who well, knows? I mean, he's a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cops, cops have to go in and out. You know? Right, right. <laughs> and but man, Elizabeth. <laughs> I know. She, I mean, she's rich girl reaction. That Once is again, a rich girl reaction. Rich girl reaction. <sighs> such a heathen you know? <laughs> then, and then what does he just shoot right back at her and he doesn't even look at her he just still like straight i know he's so deadpan and the zinger <laughs> like the zinging back and forth is amazing but he calls her uncouth for whispering in church which for a rich girl is a very low blow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> then we come to Cat and Spurlock. 
Now, we're we're not going to go over every single detail of the episode because that's what rewatching is for. By the way, plug in for our rewatches on Tuesdays. We're going to try to make them different nights, I mean different uh, times so that our international friends can join because eight o'clock at night central time is not exactly uh, a good time for our Australian friends right. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, we're going but yes we're going to be re-watching episodes we've already started but we're going to be uh, doing episode re-watches every Tuesday so join us join us anyway so now Cat and Spurlock this is mm. an amazing sense shadowing oh absolutely and i did and it, not pick up on it watching it through the first time well of course not because you don't know what's going on but right. then when you see it you go back and you go oh, oh. yeah uh-huh uh-huh because uh, it's the, just he can't but he, i mean i will say you still kind of get that creepy feeling then we come into the trouble with gowan and the reverend it, okay i i don't know how i feel about a business company supporting a church well and funding the church especially a man who cares faith uh, he, right i mm, <laughs> i have a lot to say i <laughs> know i know <laughs> I know you have a lot to say about Gowan's lack of religion. <laughs> yes. Well, it's very unsettling. Very unsettling. It, it is. So the problem is that I, I do see Reverend Anderson's point of view. Yeah. In my faith, our local clergy is not paid. It's not their job. It's volunteer and they have a career besides mm -hmm. and so i'm not used to the idea of it of preaching being someone's livelihood but i've seen enough of it mm -hmm. to know that you know it's not easy to find a position right. and you know especially way out in the uncivilized west which it might be a little bit easier because there's so much need for it but on mm -hmm. the other hand you got to get there i can see why reverend anderson reacts the way he does but he reacts badly he does and, yeah it's like he's forgetting why he's doing his ministry right because he forgot he forgot that he was supposed to be the one to offer that comfort mm -hmm when all those men died and apparently he did not do a very good job because they flocked to cat sunday school class mm -hmm. so you know if like she said if they if they need comfort they're going to go where they get it right so i understand why he reacts the way he does but it's a bad reaction mm -hmm. instead of just fixing it right he he's, goes after her and he's very proud too he's very proud very proud yeah. in that moment i mean because it could have been a thing where he didn't realize that he wasn't providing the comfort that the widows needed 
but he says but instead oh, yeah. he just kind of brushes it aside and it's almost like he turns it on cat and it's like well it's still your fault you know that i'm i've lost my my congregation you know it, it's just yeah. his attitude is very very shall we say uncouth <laughs> <laughs> louis we shall say uncouth i mean he brings her a poppy seed cake which is nice but then i have to wonder did he bake that you know, I mean, where did he get it? That was also odd. <laughs> was he re-gifting? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and just, you have a soothing touch when he asks her to play the piano. I'm just like, oh, oh, it just, it, it's creepy. It's a little weird. It is a little weird. Not it gonna is. lie. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's jump to school. Um, Elizabeth is talking about uh, the favorite hour of the day mm -hmm. and she's trying to encourage Rosaline to write or if she doesn't have the letters for it to draw a picture you know something and it's just not quite working but what I what I want to know is Casey what's your favorite hour of the day oh I tend to really like mornings uh -huh. it's nice and quiet and it's peaceful and I have my cup of iced coffee and <laughs> it's just nothing chaotic has happened yet right so I'm most productive in the mornings mm -hmm. so I would say that I would say that probably somewhere between 5 30 and 6 30 or 6 and 7 is when I'm most productive mm -hmm. before the kids, uh, before the kids get up and all of that. But my favorite hour of the day is at night, winding down, reading, writing, watching a movie mm -hmm. that that's my favorite hour of the day. Yes. So, sitting on the couch or lying in bed and just coming down from the day. That's, yeah. that's my favorite hour. So, um, we've got we've got rosaline and molly giving elizabeth dinner because abigail is out of town tending to her cousin mm -hmm. oh joanna's performance oh it's incredible in this entire episode i i was blown away i was blown away and it's lessened over time, but I love her hint of an Irish accent. I was just about to mention that. I yeah. had forgotten that she had more of an Irish accent in the earlier seasons. Yeah. I mean, it fits that she doesn't have it as much anymore because right. you live somewhere long enough. You pick up the speech patterns of the mm -hmm. people that you're around. So I don't mind that she doesn't have it anymore, but... I really did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed her little Irish lilt. So describe Joanna's performance talking to Elizabeth about Rosaline in three words. Oh, in three words. Three words. Um, I would say um, Molly was very desperate. Okay. And a very um, um, broken, I guess. 
um a good one like her you could just tell her heart was just breaking for her child um yeah absolutely and the third adjective I would use is um oh um I don't know oh. <laughs> that's hard three words I know, I know. I know. <laughs> it she was also um she she I guess desperate. I was going to say like begging because like she's wanting that. Mm -hmm. um, she's she's wanting help. She's reaching out. She's crying out for help. I think that kind of encompasses desperate. Um, she's also this is also the first time we've seen her open up. Yeah. Too. So she's she's vulnerable. Open. Vulnerable. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. That's a good word. Okay. Wow. Great minds think alike because two, two of ours are pretty much the same. Th yeah. Three words came to mind when I was watching it this time around. She is the perfect blend of love, mm -hmm. grief, and desperation. Love, grief, and desperation. That's perfect. Those, those are the, those are the three that I picked because mm -hmm. She loved her husband so much. She loves her daughter mm -hmm. so much. And she is desperate to get to the bottom of this so that Rosaline will talk again. Oh. And she is, uh, and, and she's also grieving the loss of her husband and she's grieving the loss of her daughter's voice. Yeah. She hasn't heard her talk in two or three months now. I mean, in a sense, it's not even just the voice. It's like all of Rosaline's personality. Yeah, it's, it's like gone. her daughter's like dying. Yeah, yeah. It's she, so sad. Oh, it's it is. so sad. And she doesn't know how to fix it. And if Rosaline has is withdrawing yeah. day by day. And you can just tell because she's like prodding Rosaline to speak. She's trying to get her to say, at least say something. When you say goodnight to Miss miss thatcher isn't that right dear yeah oh she's just trying to get something and rosaline is will not talk and it's just so heartbreaking and you can even see in in mamie's um performance she yeah. she just her her countenance is just so sad and deadpan at the same time it's just you just feel for this little kid um and we do see, I mean, at the end, we see her make that switch and we see that countenance, which is a fantastic acting yeah. on Mamie's part. But at this moment, it's like, oh my word. There is nothing childish mm -hmm. about this girl's acting. No. You know, I mean, awesome. a lot a lot of times with child actors, you have to kind of make allowances, make excuses, mm -hmm. but there is nothing childish about this child's acting. Right. Wow. I fantastic. mean, fantastic on par with any adult. Mm -hmm. I, oh my gosh. It was, it was marvelous. And so I would also add an element of childlike to Joanna's performance because mm -hmm. what should I do? She's not being a proud Irish woman mm -hmm. saying I I'm gonna make her talk. She's gonna talk. She is saying, what should I do in the most humble and childlike manner? Mm -hmm. it, it's, oh, <laughs> it's, it's just so good. It's so good. So then 
we meet Rip. <laughs> we do meet Rip. We I meet thought Rip. he, I did not know he came into the episode or into the series so soon. And in honor of the occasion, I brought a visitor. It's Rip. <laughs> it's a it's baby Rip. Rip. <laughs> I found this in the church's lost and found right before Jack was born. And I said, does this belong to anybody? And they said, it hasn't been claimed and we're cleaning it out next week. So if it's still here next week, you can have it. I said, score, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I have several pictures of Jack in his little baby Mountie uniform that my Aww. best friend gave me with Rip. It's, oh, it's adorable. That's precious. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to put one up on the Insta story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we meet Rip, who is now going to be, who is now going to be his best friend for the next four seasons. Oh. I know. Okay, so who is Rip named after, Casey? Rip Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. And okay, this is just terrible, terrible timing that every time the Reverend comes in, Jack is quote unquote wasting Working. time. <laughs> He's wasting time with Rip. But you know, Jack is a good Mountie. Mm -hmm. He's a good Mountie and he's doing his job. He just happens to be taking a break every single time the Reverend comes in. And that, that's got to be frustrating to Jack that, you know, it makes him look lazy. But for the viewer, it's comic relief. Because every oh. time that Reverend comes in, it's like, uh, <laughs> and it's that like goofy <laughs> music, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah, gotta, gotta love it. Gotta love it. So... Jack goes and takes a look around the burn site and he finds he finds he a can, remnant a remnant mm -hmm. of a can a burned can and <laughs> so I've never worked with whale oil before but yeah, neither I've have I. A, yeah I've got to say if it still smells that bad that Ned is able to recognize it immediately after being burned in a fire and after two or three months of sitting there, whale oil has to be pretty dang strong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you wow. Make a, okay. It just dawned on me that the fire was three months or two, two, three months prior. Yeah. And that whale oil was still stinky. Yeah. But is it because of what we find out about that can of whale oil in episode four? Because you would think I that the whale oil, the, the scent dissipates over time. You would think. Right. But and remember, Ned sniffs the can and immediately knows it's whale oil. Right. I just would like, yeah. I'm just curious if in like in real life, if whale oil smells that bad still after three months after being burned in a fire. No idea. You know, I mean, in episode four, we find out what the truth is about this whale oil, which makes right. sense as to why it would still smell. Yeah. I got my mystery brain going on here, guys. Oh here we go. Here we go. So, but if anybody knows if whale oil will smell 
terrible after three months <laughs> after being burnt like setting arson to the church or a building of sorts please let us know i'm very curious about this because i would think that that would that smell would dissipate yeah i would think so too all right so then we go back to school and elizabeth is working with rosaline and she said you seem tired did you eat your lunch no well, lunch is very important and once again more foreshadowing huge amount of foreshadowing right there and oh this as as a mom and as i was i used to be a teacher so as a mom and a teacher this frustrates me so much that rosaline picked up the crayon and then wendell bacchus came in and scared the living daylights out of her all over again mm -hmm. and i was like Oh, it, it, oh, that that frustrated me so badly. Oh, because she was just about to make a breakthrough. She was just about to do something. Oh, darn it. So then we skip to we skip to uh, Jack coming to see Cat. And <laughs> I love the real life I element. Know. I you love can, the real life element. You and I really could relate to that. We really can. You have two kids. I have four. And they're, um, well, Emily might be the same age as Ellie at this point. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I've got, I've got Lydia who's mm -hmm. six. So Emily's probably five or six. Yeah. And, uh, but then I've got. I've got Kira who's around Miles's age and then I've got two younger ones. Mm -hmm. So it, it just like, I'll come back at a more convenient time. Uh, with three children, there's never a convenient time. Just come in, come in. You know, and I mean, she could have shoot him away with that. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, hello with three children, there's never a convenient time. Goodbye. But she doesn't. She turn she she could have taken that both ways, but she totally invites him in and yeah. just says, I hope you're fine with talking while we're, while I'm working. <laughs> yeah, and isn't that so like a mom? It is. You know, it like, totally is. I mean, like you might as well make yourself a home. Do you want some water too? <laughs> and, Come throw up here. And just multitask. Yeah. You know, I I love to talk while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And you know, doing all of this unpacking in the new house, I prefer to get someone on the phone and do the dishes or unpack a box or two while I'm talking to someone. It makes the time pass. Yeah. You know, and it makes the time pass a lot more quickly. Yeah. Anyway, so and, well, this scene also too shows how Jack is also becoming more comfortable in Hope Valley because as, as Cole for, Valley or Cole Valley, my <laughs> word, Cole Valley. I forgot. <laughs> so used to it. Cole Valley. Um, Jack is so used. To, he's becoming used to being in Cole Valley because he, I mean, he's a single guy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have, you know, we don't know if he has siblings. We don't know his family background at this time. No, we but don't. he's becoming, so, you know, for a single guy being a Mountie, being very business-like and yeah. must focus on the business, you would think he'd be like, oh, no, 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 no I'm going to go. Like, you would think he'd feel very uncomfortable intruding on a family right. and just trying to like ask him questions or whatever, but you can see that he's becoming more comfortable. And then you can see everybody else in the community is becoming more comfortable with Jack and the widows and um, Jack, they're starting to get some kind of a, a trust there. A rapport. Uh, yeah, they're building a rapport. And yeah. 
especially with the kids and you'll see Gabe that's right, very yes. he interacts with the children mm-hmm. and yeah. he, and he straightens out Gabe's uh salute which is so adorable yeah. and it's, and it's just yeah it's, it's like it's really becoming comfortable that's a good yeah. point point. and Gabe is like looking up to him like a big brother too yeah yeah that that's sense. really that's really building mm-hmm. and uh and the other thing is Jack is observing this little family and just how everything's business as usual even with father gone mm-hmm. and how and how she interacts with her children and he realizes that there is no way that she could have set fire to the church and he chickens out. Yeah. Yeah, he he ch- he chickens out of asking and asks for a spare coal caddy. <laughs> <laughs> So, and you need to keep your cover, Jack. Wait, yeah, keep the cover. Keep the cover. <laughs> so then we come to that point that I was talking about earlier. You big city folk rattle a mile a minute. I'm just a country boy who needs to understand this. You know? So, so I mean, okay. Let me ask you a question, Casey. Sure. Did Did you think that this storyline? should have been more serious. Uh, I don't know how much more of my heart could have taken it more seriously. <laughs> that, that's, that's, very, that's very true. But I, I don't know. I Because it's Hallmark, they're going to be very, very careful, especially involving a child. Yeah. But I don't know, just all the buildup and the wagon passes and Rosaline is gone and and going and talking to Jack about Rosaline. She's only eight. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with Wendell Backus. I just, I, I didn't want anything to happen to Rosaline, but I thought that maybe Jack would have stopped him mm-hmm. from doing something wrong. But, you know, at that, that was something that I thought, well, this isn't that serious, but then I went into it from a little girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. When you've lost your father, you're afraid to talk. Mm-hmm. You're carrying that guilt around that mm-hmm. you killed him or that you should have died with him. Mm-hmm. And then a very creepy and scary man who looks up. about eight feet tall yeah to to you and then he raises a hand to you that that would traumatize a child oh yeah and for sure so you know so when i looked at it from an adult perspective i thought eh, i i think they could have gone somewhere else but when i look at it from a child's perspective i thought okay yeah yeah the, that that would be that would be the limit of what she could handle without completely breaking right (laughs) especially with Wendell Backus I mean he's very he grungy and big and tall and And dresses in black and drives a black wagon it's very dark it's very foreboding very for that's a good word very foreboding but okay I can't I can't just pass through the scene without mentioning how Elizabeth handles the fist fight. Oh. <laughs> like, she I'm not getting lesson. another black eye. I'm not getting another black eye. <laughs> and she goes in. I mean, it's almost like she's doing this. You know, putting, putting her hands, putting her 
least she didn't get a shiner. Right. <laughs> she learned her lesson. Oh. And but also the way she handles those kids, because when she sees Wendell drive by, uh-huh. And she the kids are like, they're still fighting over whatever it was. And then the coins. The, the yeah. Coins. <laughs> she's so focused on the wagon that she just says call heads or tails and then call heads or tails. <laughs> leaves and then who knows they could have just started boxing at each other after that but it just made me giggle because she was so quick with that like what's the yeah. solution heads or tails let's go <laughs> exactly like, who would have thought of that i and then you know we find uh elizabeth runs to jack to ask for his help and this is one point where I really loved Reverend Anderson because he went there once again to just nag mm -hmm. at, at Jack about his progress. But the minute that Rosaline is missing, Reverend Anderson says, what can I do? I yeah. said, thank you. You're acting like a minister. You yeah. <laughs> but I was very proud of him. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of him right there. Uh, and I also love Jack's protectiveness of Rosaline. I mean, he is taking this 100% seriously and walking, just stalking through that house. Oh, for forces his way in. Rosaline, Rosaline. You, know, he, just, whoo, hmm. you, you would have thought that it was his little sister. Mm -hmm. The way he, the way he was being with Wendell Backus, you would have thought that was his little sister Jack, or a niece or something. Jack has so much force in that so scene much. with Wendell. I mean, he's I got a presence. I was he's like, got a presence. Oh my. <laughs> I would be like, yes, sir, search my house. I'd be okay. <gasps> don't just don't hurt me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, again, I'm not an eight foot tall drunken man but still just a coal the, miner just the force of jack and it also brings a lot of respect for him too because mm. up until this point we don't we see a lot of wit with jack we see a lot of um sitting on a horse sit, yes <laughs> sitting on a horse we see a lot of psychological mm -hmm. um smarts because jack and gallon there's a lot of that going on yeah but we don't see a lot, we haven't seen up until this point, any yeah. mounty work being done in the sense yeah, of like- Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, we see him- Investigating. That, yeah, but not not going all mounty and man- He just, was a full blown mounty. Yes, he and was. And it was probably, you know, I, this just occurred to me, it's probably something he never thought he'd do. Mm-hmm. He yeah. never, he never thought he would go full blown Mountie right. in Coal Valley. And so he's going at it. Oh, he is. And, he, when and he, especially because there's a child involved. And when he pins Wendell. Oh, my, your eyes are telling me a different story. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that man. the, the actor who plays Wendell Backus, I can. I mean, the two of them played off each other so well, but I can only imagine what that must have been like for him playing that scene with Daniel Lissing under such intensity. Right. Yeah, just man. <laughs> right. Wow. But that's kind of the kick in the keister that Wendell needs to quit his, his drinking. Yeah. 
because it's exactly what he needs. Jack, completely. he's being accused of a very serious crime involving yes. a child. And you know? <laughs> Jack is very, um, he's very, he's very forceful, not just with his like physical presence, but also with his um, like his mental presence too. Yes. Because tell I, me the truth. And <laughs> he he gets Wendell to shape up. Yeah, because that's exactly what he does. Wendell, he he we find out that he feels like he should have died in the mine. Yeah. He's with having everybody a serious else. case of survivor's guilt because he, he is sick. And he um and his best friend died in the mine. And Taking it, his place. Exactly. And yeah. so that's why Wendell is a big creepy man because he's drinking himself to death because he is he has this PTSD and survivor's guilt that he's going through and when Jack leaves because Jack basically tells him you can do some you can do a lot better than just sitting here drinking and it's not Jack leaves. it's not too late it's not too late to do something good with your life that's what Jack says to him and it's very menacing and almost threatening in the way he says it too yeah Jack says it to this big old miner but here's the thing Wendell takes that bottle and you think that he's just going to just drink it away and I thought maybe he was going to drink it and just die (laughs) because he's just under so much of this emotional state of mind but he breaks down and dumps it out and I'm like oh my goodness it took an outsider to get to him Mm -hmm. yes and he starts crying he's like he is a broken man he is, broken he is a man. very broken man. All right, so let's skip to the search. Everybody is out looking for Rosaline. And I ooh, I don't know about you, but when I was eight years old, there is no way that I would be gone all day and into the night in a mine. Oh, I'd no, ter- no, no. I, I'd be terrified. I would be scared but, of my mind. <laughs> but, you know, it just shows that these Coal Valley kids, they know their way around. They know... You know, and she was too ashamed to come home. Right. And everything just got to her. Mm-hmm. E- everything just got to her. Uh, I do love that Elizabeth is the one who finds her mm-hmm. because once again, it shows her. It it shows her usefulness. Mm-hmm. It shows her emotional support and just that the fact that she's part of this community. Yeah. But the fact that she put two and two together that because Rosaline drew the picture and Rosaline drew the picture of her standing at the mine and then she put two and two together to go to the mine, mm-hmm. you know, is is wonderful. And you can tell that Elizabeth is terrified out of her mind because she doesn't know where she's going. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And, uh, and okay, she carried her back. Yes. I mean... Elizabeth's made of some pretty stern stuff so she can carry an eight-year-old girl back to where everybody is in the field. Right. But before we get to the, the beautiful reunion, can we talk about again, once again, Joanna Newmarch's performance in yes. this? Because so it's it's nighttime and Kat and the other wi- widows and the other women are telling Molly hey to rest your strength we need to rest and she's like i am not going to rest until my daughter is back in my arms and she she starts like calling after her and using these pet names too and you're just like oh oh i mean as as a mom 
would you get any sleep if, oh, Ab- no. if Abby disappeared? Yeah, no, absolutely no. not. I mean, no, no. <laughs> I would not be sleeping at all no. you know, if any of my kids disappeared. Right. It's so. just, oh, and when she calls out, she's like, Rosalie, my darling. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, Rosalie, come back. Oh it's my goodness. It's so heartbreaking. And she's, um, and her hands are just shaking too. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. And you can tell that she is so distraught and just, I don't know what the other words are for this, but, um, I, it, oh. Well, I mean, just, desperate, desperate comes back to mind, but yeah. just distraught is an excellent word. But, oh, the, and it's, the performance is just fantastic. It is. It is. You, you believe every ounce of it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing lacking, nothing yeah. lacking. And then, so we have the beautiful reunion, three, I love yous, three, I love yous, which which is so important for Rosaline to hear right now Mm -hmm. because she didn't take her daddy his lunch. Yes. And she feels that she's the reason or that she should have died with her, her daddy and that mind like, and there's this, there's, there's also some other things we don't know in with Rosaline and her dad in the sense of like, did he, did he go to the mine before she woke up every morning? or, you know, and maybe that was their time. Maybe it was a special time for them to have lunch together. So she didn't have to wait till, you know, dinner time to see her dad. And we don't know that maybe, maybe she, did she get a good last good night's kiss, you know, from the night before we, we don't know a lot of those. Do they go, do they go to a special place to eat? Mm -hmm. So if she had brought him his lunch, they would have been away from the mine. Right. I just thought of that. Mm-hmm. Do they go to a special place that's just for them so he wouldn't have gotten killed if right. she had taken his lunch? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, and what will mommy say when she finds out I didn't bring him his lunch? And Elizabeth says she loves you more than life itself. So for Molly to say mm-hmm. immediately, three I love yous Mm -hmm. it's exactly what Rosalie needed Mm -hmm. to hear and it's what she needed to know yeah yeah oh it and and then while we have the two beautiful redheads hugging it out and kissing it out we have the eye connection and and the first the first very brilliant smile that he has given since the show started. Mm-hmm. He has not smiled fully up, up to this point. Yeah. And, and let, you know, he's smirked, he's grinned. There was that, there was the time when his eyes shined, but it never got to a full smile. And he has a full on broad smile and that makes Elizabeth smile mm-hmm. because she has done what she needed to do and then icing on the cake the cute mountie in town is smiling at her. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, yes. telling, telling her good job yes. you, know? <laughs> and, you know that smile is just such a smile that Jack has is a smile of pride and just this 
you know, I knew your big city brains can do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he, Elizabeth has now, I mean, slowly, Elizabeth has proven herself to Jack that she is going to embody all of Coal Valley and she yep. is not going to be run out of town by anybody and, much, and not even like she is not she is Thatcher <laughs> yeah she is a Thatcher <laughs> and I just I just love that this is the moment where she gains the respect from Jack he no longer really sees her as this like He's not just impressed by an act. Yes, right. he's not just impressed by an act. She has gained his respect. Mm -hmm. That's a, that is an excellent way of putting it because it's not just, it's the whole person now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And let's, uh, let's get into that conversation right now. So do you notice the incredibly different attitude that Jack comes down the stairs from episode from mm -hmm. episode two to episode three in episode two it's you know stomping down i'm better than you and <laughs> you i knew you couldn't do it yeah he's totally and, got his nose up on her he's like i know mm -hmm. and then this time he comes down the stairs and he almost bounces he bounces down the mm -hmm. stairs and he's smiling and he's and he's it's a very different attitude it does yeah he's very he's much more friendly now yeah it's he's like I had a true friendship not just yes. uh hey we live together we're the only ones that are about 25 <laughs> right it's a yes. true friendship that's starting to build now exactly. because they have that mutual respect now and even with elizabeth um when he does grin at her she's smiling at him not and it's not about her in this moment at that moment either she no. doesn't have any pride and even when he walks down the steps again it's that friendship that's building and coming out and it's not a hey see i told you i could do it yeah <laughs> just, no she's just smiling mutual friends yeah yeah and he says and he goes into that i owe you an apology for jumping to conclusions about your character but last night once again you proved me error. <laughs> mm. And then he calls her Bella. Bella. <laughs> oh man. I remember the first time I was watching that. I was like, <laughs> the first time I was watching that, I was like, oh, he just went there. Just, yeah. I've, I've, like I was blasted back. It was as if it was a loud sound. Like, <laughs> bracing myself with my hands and the couch. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's this going? <laughs> and then he and then of course we get the comic relief and the break of the moment of Parcheshi, which means wake up. <laughs> James is snoring. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to tell you. I wrote a uh, I wrote a Christmas fan fiction. It was one of the first ones that I did, mm -hmm. um, and it's on my blog hookedhardy.com if you wanna if you wanna know. But uh, it was when Jack returns, mm -hmm. and uh, he finds her asleep on Abigail's couch, mm -hmm. and he and he said, "Parcheshi Bella." <laughs> oh. and, that, and that's how he wakes her up so yeah that's, that's so sweet i i love i love listening to him speak the latin because it reminds mm -hmm. me of the story yeah. okay and now we come to 
the gripping end. First of all, Reverend Anderson has decided that he will no longer be affiliated with the company, which is huge. It is huge. Because once again, it's his livelihood. And mm-hmm. so now how is he going to make money? Right. And this is where Gowan says, I don't speak Bible. Yeah. I don't like, speak Bible. Well. <laughs> then why are you pastoring a church? Oh, <laughs> like, no. Oh, oh. And just the fact that Gowan does not get it. He, he, he doesn't he doesn't care. he doesn't care and he doesn't, he doesn't care at all he does and he but he, he doesn't get it he doesn't get the point of a ministry yes. a church mm-hmm. because for him it's it's money he's he's and and he has somehow all about the bottom line and exactly and he has somehow convinced reverend anderson like now looking back and seeing this relationship between anderson and gowan and the church he has somehow convinced Anderson that it's all about the money. If yep. you really think about it, because why yeah, else would Anderson not comfort the widows? A normal right. everyday minister reverend would. He's comfort going people. through the motions. He's just going through the motions at this point. And to him, church being a pastor is just a paycheck to him right now. Yep. And it's not until this whole fiasco with Rosaline and just different things going on that it opens Reverend Anderson's mind up to know this is about the people when where have I been and I have been under the thumb of Gowan and his minions and the company and I accused a widow of burning down my church I I mean he has gone so far down and so when he finally wakes up and he realizes how wrong he was and he gets out of Gowan's uh, he gets out from under Gowan's thumb yeah and Gowan's like well basically telling him well what are you gonna do because you ain't gonna get a paycheck and how are you gonna survive and I love this line that um, Reverend Anderson says he says where God guides God provides I wrote that down too I'm like amen brother (laughs) (laughs) but it's so true because you know a lot of the ministry is not it, it's a it's you're so when you're in the ministry you are reliant on god to yes. provide for your needs because That's right in a lot of area a lot of different churches it's the congregation that supports the that pastor takes care of the pastor they exactly. take care of them and they they make sure that the i mean like it's not on the people to make sure that the pastor's needs are provided but god uses those people to make sure that the pastors are provided for exactly um my husband is a pk if you don't oh. speak um, you know, <laughs> religion, pastor's kid, <laughs> but he's told me so many times, you know, where they, sometimes they didn't have much or his parents didn't have much and they sacrificed, but it's always, he always tells me, you know, God's always, he's going to provide. He always does. And he always has, and he always will. It's and he true. has seen it time and time again, just from, you know, living in a, a ministry pastor kid life, you know? Yep. So I, I just love that line. And I love the fact that he realizes that moment, you know what, I don't need this company to support me right. and the church Gowan is so fixated on a building. He's so it's fixating on the church being a building when in fact the church is actually the people. So yeah. it doesn't matter what building or if there is a building or whatever, the church will always be the people. It's not a building. And exactly. we realize. And Anderson realizes that too, because he also says, you know what? He was really, he was really focused on it being a building. Yes. He, yes, yeah, exactly. And this is that turning point when he realizes, nope, 
It's not about the building. It's not about the money. It's about the people and their hearts. And just when we think everything is resolved, Jack brings the coal caddy back. Oh, And he sees the candles everywhere. And in that shed with all the candles, he sees the exact same kind of can as was at the burn site. What a way to end the episode. Oh, oh my gosh. man. I still remember watching this episode for the first time. It was late at night. And I said, there, I was pregnant, but I was having insomnia. I said, there is no way that I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Next, Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think my exact reaction was, wait, what? <laughs> And then the remote goes, and you know, I didn't even wait for Netflix to pop up. Yeah. Start watching. I'm like, yep, start watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, it, your heart just goes, <gasps> it's just, it, your heart breaks for that woman who is humming and doing her gardening. Mm-hmm. And there is just you're in shock right along with jack right and oh and that brings us to the end and we will talk about episode four next time but first the trivia (laughs) oh trivia cammy's trivia always scares me guys (laughs) (laughs) be prepared All right. What is the name of the whale oil brand? I don't remember. (laughs) Nordic's best. best. Nordic's best. Yep. Okay. What is the translation of Utora Fugit Vita? What oh. is the translation? Oh, I <laughs> Okay, Utora hour. Uh-huh. Vita life. Yes. What was the other word? Fujit. Oh. Utora Utora Fujit Vita. Oh, stink. What what? You're, you're I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I took Latin in college. Oh wow, I, <laughs> I did. did. I took it for a year. Oh yeah, I recognize words because of my. I work. I work. Uh, I mean, I recognize Latin because of my Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took uh, Spanish in college too. Yeah, um, but I don't remember. As an hour life. Oh, flies. as an hour life flies. Yes, as an right. hour life flies. Okay, what did Elizabeth call a fight? I don't remember. <laughs> fisticuffs. Oh, fisticuffs. There will be no fisticuffs on my watch. That's right. <laughs> and I know you know this one. Oh, I hope I do. <laughs> <laughs> to what prison did Jack threaten to send Wendell Backus? Oh, medicine hat. Yay! Yay! <laughs> she got one. <laughs> I got one and a half. One and a half out of four. That is not very good. 
All right, Hardies, we love you. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you on social media. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Hardy's Hotline. For more juicy details and to see what's coming up, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hardy's Hotline. And we drop an episode every Wednesday, so we'll see you then. Until next time.